Hello and welcome back after a, a short break to Casting Views, the podcast with your host. Who are we? Well, I'm Dan. And I'm Lou. And we pick a random topic each week and we cast our views. Except this month we've got a theme, so the topics will be random, but in a theme which makes them not random potentially. How are you, Lou? Anyway, it's good to be back, right? It's been it is good weeks. to be back. Yeah, we've had a little bit of like a hiatus. Is that the right word to use? I think so. Yeah, yeah it sounds right. So. Anyway. If anybody has any, <laughs> you know, if any, if we're wrong, tweet at us. Um, yeah, it is good to be back. To be fair, it feels like ages since we did do this for some reason. Yeah, well, it's probably if you think about it, it was probably three weeks because we would have recorded one early in the week, and then we've had two weeks. But yeah, well, well, we're back and better than ever, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better than ever. No illnesses, really. You've not Which got COVID anymore? No. I've, I've not got, got any COVID. COVID. I, no broken actually, bones or anything like that? You, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah, have said yeah, that. yeah. Because uh, now we're struck down. <laughs> Next week on Casting Views. <coughs> yeah. You're on Coughing Views. Um, <laughs> we are. So, yeah, we are refreshed, reinvigorated. So, we're going to be better than ever, right? So, before we get stuck into that, We'll have a promo, quick promo from some friends of ours, and it is Talking Smack. Uh, I think we've mentioned them before. That's Talking Smack SMAC, uh, superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. So, as the name suggests, they kind of talk about all that, all those things. So, comic-related shows, games, etc. So, and actually, if if we can get the contracts agreed and signed off, kind of WWE style in time. We've got them appearing on the show in a couple of weeks' time. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. So sit back and have a listen to their promo. Do you love comics, movies, video games, and more? We do too. Come tune in to Josh and our cast of colorful co-hosts on Talking Smack. Available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And we're back. Now, I thought, or we thought we'd start off with a themed month this month although it's going to be the middle of the month so it's going to cross two months but still we're going to do four episodes and that's a month in my head titled unusual right and yeah. so our first episode is going to be on unusual laws and customs you know the kind of thing you hear and actually some of mine do you know what i didn't even bother to check if they were real or, or kind of made up because you know i don't <laughs> think we caveat anywhere that in-depth research is our forte right so <laughs> but you, you kind of know the ones i'm sure in reality as well people listening to this will probably have heard in like various like like culture references like some of these as well um because i think we're going to kind of travel all over the world with this um yeah and, and and kind of see where we are so i mean if you if you have ever been kind of under the cosh for breaking any of the laws or customs or anything that we talk about please <laughs> do get in touch that would be amazing well i know one for a fact i think the whole well i'm going to give it away the whole state will have broken this law i'm sure of it so <laughs> I've, i found one in in america but yeah so i almost don't want to know if some of these are fake because i want to believe they're real but i think a lot of these are like enshrined in history aren't they so they're not you know, you wouldn't be held to account for them now. They're just like written 200 years ago or something, aren't they? And it's one of those things that, well, nobody's ever going to bring them up now, bring you up for it now. So, yeah, I've got a load. They're all, all fairly short and I, they're kind of around the world. So I thought, yeah, if if I reel off a couple, see what you think of them, because I'm laughing because they are funny. <laughs> 
yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. So if I can, if I'll try start on the UK ones, I've got, I found a website, this one, weirdly, well, not weirdly because it's laws, but it was the lawyerportal.com. <laughs> and it said it's illegal in the UK to hold a salmon under suspicious circumstances. Do you know what's really annoying is this was my first one as well. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Section 32 of the Salmon Act 1986. <laughs> stipulates that it's an offence to handle salmon under suspicious circumstances. Uh, the section creates an offence in England and Wales for any person who receives or disposes of any salmon in circumstances where they believe or could reasonably believe that the salmon has been illegally fished. Uh, the maximum penalty is two years imprisonment. So I kind of get the illegal fishing bit, but it's the handling of salmon under suspicious circumstances. Yeah, and like, how do you prove that a person believed or reasonably believed that the salmon had been illegally fished? Like, do you see them like take it out and like slide it into their jacket pocket really quickly because all of a sudden they realise that they've got illegal salmon on them? I find it strange. Like, how would the police ever turn around and think, yeah, that man there, that's a suspicious salmon that's been poached? You know the old kind of what's the word caricature, for want of a better word, of the wheeler dealer in in like the 80s i've got image of like a guy walking around he's got this big jacket and he opens up the jacket and goes i've got salmon do you want some salmon and, you know opens up the other jacket the other side i've got more salmon no, none of it well pun intended no, no nothing fishy about this i've got, <laughs> I've got salmon for sale it's like yeah ha, ha, what would constitute handling a salmon under suspicious circumstances and 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 i think it's brilliant that the salmon has got its own act yeah yeah literally dedicated legislation just for the salmon (laughs) of 1986 so well fairly recent really you know what though that's funny about this as well is like a police officer might walk up to you because they see you handling some sort of fish suspiciously they walk up and be like right that's it i'm charging you under the salmon act and you'd be like no but it's cod so what's the offense there (laughs) what can you do you can't do anything can you so what i'm handling prawns suspiciously but it's not salmon is it actually yeah why why hasn't Cod, cod is really popular here, hasn't it? Why, why hasn't that got its own act? Yeah, this is what we'll I mean. I just feel, and, and the thing is as well, I feel like it'd be much more suspicious to just walk down the street with a fistful of prawns as opposed to like a full salmon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's petition to get the Cod Act of 2022. Maybe you could start a movement as well and the protest for it could just be everybody holding every other type of seafood suspiciously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, and and what does it mean? Handle suspiciously? Does the person have to look suspicious, or does it have to be in a suspicious place? <laughs> yeah, I, I maybe we should look this up. If anyone knows, or <laughs> just it... <laughs> it's just a police officer pulling you over. You roll your window down and says, "Have you been handling salmon suspiciously tonight, son?" <laughs> <laughs> well. If you've been arrested on handling salmon under suspicious circumstances, let us know because I'm intrigued to see if this has ever been enacted. What's that film where there's the guy who's like the wheeler dealer who's got all of the goods out and then all of a sudden they see the police? Is it the beginning of Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels? And there's like that slow-mo. Like you could just recreate that scene, but it's just fish in a briefcase. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... um... Only fools and horses over here, you know, sort of Del Boy, instead of dodgy phones or like answering machines or computers, he's, he's like fish, you know, salmon specifically. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, that, 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 that tickled me, that one. <laughs> Tell you what, let's hand over to you. You do a couple because like I said, we probably have got similar ones. So you, right. you do a couple. Okay. I've got one that most people in the UK that live in the UK over the age of 18 um, have probably broken this law. 
that is the Licensing Act of 1872 <laughs> says every person basically it makes it, it makes it an offence to be drunk in a pub because the it declares it to be an offence every person found drunk on any highway or other public place whether a building or not or any licensed premises so technically getting drunk in a pub is a criminal offence which I think is brilliant because it's just um is is oxymoron the right yeah term yeah to use for this yeah yeah it, it, it's, it's yeah, it's like anyone caught playing video games in an arcade uh, will <laughs> and, be arrested. And do you know what it was as well? I've seen like a little bit of like an excerpt as well. It says the act was amended by the Licensing Amendment Act of 1988 to extend this prohibition to all public places, including pubs, clubs and even private homes if alcohol is being sold there. So technically, if you've got a bar in your house and you decide to sell a mate a pint, if they get drunk, that's an offence for both the person getting drunk and you. <laughs> Ah, so is that selling? So you could obviously you could give a drink, but you could. Oh yeah, yeah. Potentially you could give a drink, but you couldn't sell it. So as long as you're not selling booze in your house, it's perfectly legal to get drunk there. So what do you need then? A breathalyzer, and then give it to them. It's like no, no, no. Tell what this one's on the house. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you know what? Right, I reckon that what the police in the UK should do is, if they wanted to increase revenue, the government should just send coppers into every pub on a Friday night. Right, that's a fixed penalty notice, sixty pounds. Fixed penalty notice, sixty (laughs) pounds. I mean, I assume this one was probably set up for people taking it too far, isn't it? Potentially about, you know, not not necessarily being drunk, but if you got rowdy, I'm wondering if it was. Yeah, I feel like the intentions and obviously, again, when you look at like the original, act, the only thing that's surprising is obviously the 1988 amendment essentially extended it to all public places. So I think that it did come from a good place in the context of, oh, well, we're trying to make sure that people aren't like loud and like, um, anti-social in the streets and that sort of thing, um, but it is just a little bit strange, I guess. But again, could you imagine if either like the the government of the UK just decided to start enforcing that, like strictly? But that's the thing. I, I'll be honest, I didn't know, and I hadn't found a bit about the nineteen eighty eight extension. But it is if you just if you think about it, it's illegal to be drunk or to serve someone who is drunk in a pub. It just because you know most people we'll have a couple of pints they're probably drunk then but or or technically they might not feel drunk but they're probably over the limit right yeah and how many people do you see there probably down in six seven pints in a night (laughs) i I just can't imagine this has ever this has ever been enforced i don't know how you would because yeah technically a policeman could go into a pub and find 80 percent of them drunk right but as long as they're not then buying a drink in front of them, could you say, I can't remember now, is it that you can't be drunk or you can't serve a drunk person? Or is I it don't both? think you can serve somebody who's like so absurdly drunk that you can kind of tell if that makes right. sense. So I think you can't serve them. Um, I think, though, I don't know if this is true, but I obviously I think it's an offence to be like basically pissed drunk in public because i know that like police officers will clamp down on it in places like university towns and that sort of thing so i don't know whether or not this is actually the legislation that they use in force to arrest you for being like drunk and disorderly in the street because i think that that's like a public order offense but i don't know what legislation that like is is covered is covered by if that makes sense because you can't get arrested for being drunk in the street if you're like being an issue policemen technically have yeah, the power yeah, to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. um so yeah. i don't know if this is the legislation they use for that Although I couldn't imagine that they're walking up to you saying, hi, I'm arresting you under the Licensing Act of 1872. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that, that's it. And I saw I saw that that's kind of when it started. And 
Yeah, it said, I said, you may have said it, yeah. Every person found drunk on any licensed premises shall be liable to a penalty, and that currently stands at £200. Oh, really? That's good, yeah, yeah. I saw it, mind you, to be fair, in London, that's probably like three pints. In it. <laughs> it's a cost of three pints in London or your, or your bigger towns. That, that fine is probably just the cost of a couple of, couple of rounds. Like I said, I can't imagine, again, I'm, I'm not, well, mind you, having said that, I don't think a lot of these laws I've ever known anyone to have fallen foul on them. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder I wonder if there are any stats on, on this, but that's probably something we should have done. <laughs> I feel like we were just going to do a quick run through of like either stupid ones or ones that are potentially like ambiguous, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, we've got I've got some of those as well. Anyway, definitely. <laughs> well, I've got another one. So this is the seamen and soldiers. <laughs> seamen and soldiers. Sorry, the Siemens <laughs> and soldiers yeah, false characters act and police act, nineteen ninety six. So this is basically where it's an offence to dress up as a police officer or a member of the armed forces. Now. I find this a weird one because how good does the dress up need to be for it to be an offence? So, for instance, you see people at Halloween dressed up as like army soldiers <laughs> yeah. or yeah, as yeah. police officers, potentially. So uh, would you get arrested for putting on what is evidently like a Halloween style costume? Or would you have to go full out with like handcuffs and a radio with the fluorescent jackets and the proper hat? I wonder what extent you'd need to be to be arrested for impersonating a police officer or a member of the armed forces. Yeah, because you can buy those, like, as a kid, I, I'm sure I had one. You could buy, like, the, you could buy the police helmets. Now, obviously, a six-year-old kid isn't going to be impersonating a police officer. I know they, the, the joke was that the police are getting younger every year, but I don't think they're, <laughs> they're that young yet. But, yeah, you, you raise a good point. What level of professionalism or realism, yeah, is is there, a, is there like like I said, if you're, if you've stuck a, one of those old hats on and, yeah, you've got, like, a, uh, like a little bit of a blue suit with chevrons on is that like quite obviously a fake yeah you know you're, you're not going to mix that up is that is that going to get you in trouble because the thing is as well when you look at the wording it's basically in place to stop people from impersonating a police officer or army like a soldier yeah. or a member of the armed forces but for me impersonating kind of is indicative of like taking an action that would make someone believe that you're a police officer however in any case that still can't be the limit of like what the threshold is because just walking down the street in a really really good dress up as a for copper is going to be impersonating because people will change their behavior around you thinking that you are a police officer so where yeah, it says impersonating yeah. i feel like it doesn't even need to be an action it just needs to be a really good costume and you walking down the street costume really good uniform yeah. and you walking down the yeah. street <laughs> well it's a, it's a good point because impersonating a policeman to me would be that you are pretending to be one yeah whereas if you were dressing up and going to a party you're not pretending to be a policeman you are dressing up as a policeman do you see what I mean? It's different to then going in the street and like trying to arrest someone or stopping and searching someone. That that that, that would be impersonating a policeman, wouldn't it? Yeah. So do you think then that this is where the threshold is? So you dress up as a policeman in a really, really good uniform, looks bang on. You're walking to your fancy dress party, but the moment that you break the law is when you see someone and you say, Oi, come here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I think that's probably how it's supposed to be interpreted. I get it right, and I get why. I get why, but I I guess it does open up because imagine if you were walking to said party as a dressed up as in a police uniform, and you did see a crime happening, and say say it was a like a robbery of a shop, 
and the shop owner was asking for help and you just walked on because you couldn't you didn't want to do anything well because you're frightened too and you don't want to impersonate a police officer how terrible must that be you know one for the shop owner and two the headlines you know policeman walks off i love how how we're looking that this is like a perfectly plausible situation for every saturday yeah well because you're not then going to come forward and said yeah that was me dressed up as a policeman so the story is going to be police officer walks off after spotting mugging or or robbery or you turn up you've turned around and said stop in the name of the law i'm arresting you for burgling this man you hold them there and then when the police turn up they arrest you and the burglar days and yeah you've literally read my mind because what if you did stop a crime so you could do it if you weren't dressed up as a police police officer yeah so you could intervene and perform because you could do a citizen's arrest right but if you were then dressed up as a police officer would you then be in trouble <laughs> well i guess you would so and and would you get a, a more severe sentence because you're impersonating the police yeah yeah that's the thing that's the thing i would love to see you know what oh we should go and look at some examples of whether or not this has ever gone to court before i should really retract that statement at the, at the start we should become the podcast known renowned for our in-depth research on, on stuff we talk about um <laughs> look, look, look we're here just to give you what to look at you're there to go and yeah you. yeah we're here for your inspiration yeah, you yeah. do the work um <laughs> The, the other thing that I thought about, and, and this is a very stupid statement, but I'm going to say it anyway. So what about actors then? Because they actually, they, they are then impersonating police officers. So, officers, so I know they're not doing it in the public. So yeah, this is, they're not this is true. This is true. So do they get special dispensation? And how do you get that? Hold up. I'm ringing 999 to report line of duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen someone... Yeah impersonating a police officer on my tv they're like no that's not what the law's for i'm like but that's what the wording says <laughs> well have you seen um oh what is it is it london has fallen yeah yeah i think they are de- well i wanted they were definitely impersonating the british police because they were like real awful police in that one weren't they you needed gerard butler to, <laughs> to basically take down those police were like didn't know what they were doing so they were obviously civilians dressed as police impersonating <laughs> the police in that field um yeah i yeah i saw that and did you say it was also any armed forces did you say yeah yeah armed forces which is a little bit of a strange one for me because in public life do members of i don't think members of the armed forces have any kind of like power of arrest or anything over people do they so i don't know if the armed forces one is to protect because obviously like if members of the armed forces get like discounts and things like that like stores or God, you read my mind. This is scary. Because I was going to say the same thing about nurses, because we know the NHS here often get discount in certain places, don't they? It was was happening during COVID. But I was wondering, does it apply to that? Or even if the law doesn't specifically state that, are you committing fraud? Because you are then defrauding a shop Uh, of money. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably probably what it would under. Yeah, yeah. I like how we're trying to find ways around this law. (laughs) <laughs> we got our dress up for our next fancy dress party <laughs> okay yeah that, that that yeah like i said this one i get i get it's just um it's just a funny one because most people would would want to dress up as one of them as a, either a like a prank to a mate or um at a fancy dress party but technically that that is illegal yeah yeah and the thing is as well obviously like i went to university in nottingham and there's a university in nottingham who's um, nickname is obviously the Trent Army, so I feel like every year the police could just issue fixed penalty notices to thirty thousand students when they all dress up for their first night at university. 
There you go. Easy pickings. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So if you are Nottinghamshire Constabulary, um, you can credit me for that. I'll take a 4% cut of all the fines that you hand out. Um, I'll even come and, and, and help you. <laughs> and while you're there, go to the bars. Because yeah. you'll also pick up people. That yeah, are yeah. This is the thing. I'm like, right, we're going to have a, a fixed penalty notices for people drunk in the bars and clubs, and then fixed penalty notices as they walk out for impersonating members of the armed forces. <laughs> oh my word! The the the, the numbers are going to go up there. They com- well, I to say commission. I'm sure they don't know commission on arrest, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I've got um, another like stupidly British one, if you like. Go for it. Go for it. So this is about shaking rugs in the street. I imagine you might I've have not got this. that one. No, oh, you've no, not got I've this. Not got that one. No, okay, no, no, so no. this is section 60 of the Metropolitan Police Act of 1839, and it says that it's illegal for anybody to beat or shake any carpets, rugs, or mats prior to 8 a.m. unless they are doormats. So a mat from the kitchen, no, illegal. Doormat, fine. Before 8 a.m. Before 8 a.m. So after 8 a.m., you can shake everything, but the only little bit of ambiguity in this is. Prior to 8am, but at what point does that prior to 8am start? Does it start at 12pm at night? Does it start at 3 o'clock in the morning? So like if I shake it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, can I turn around and get a fine? Because the police officer says, ah, but it's prior to 8am tomorrow morning. Yeah, you think like me like that. That, that, That's the sort of thing that keeps me up at night. You see, and that's the sort of thing that really fascinates me because why a doormat? I guess because is it already outside? Yeah, I guess so. But in in and of itself, like, would it? I don't. I don't. I still don't understand because I guess this was probably a public nuisance thing. They didn't want people noise, even being woken up. Yeah, it was a noise thing. Yeah. Um. So I think it was probably to prevent that. But in and of itself, a doormat's not number one dirtier and also thicker and louder. Yeah, I mean, it depends what you're doing. It do you do you beat it as in? So like when I've got like you know the um the mats in the car the foot rest the foot mats in the car yeah you kind of hit it on the ground a little bit don't you to kind of get everything or against your wall yeah. or something yeah, so yeah yeah that that makes a noise but what if i was just outside silently shaking around oh, no, mat? because it says illegal to beat or shake or well, shake but why shake yeah i know but i like, i don't understand it because you only get the noise surely yeah. <laughs> how's it go <laughs> <laughs> sorry if everyone thought somebody was shaking a, a rug outside yeah yeah apologies yeah, but, but, yeah. but guess what guess what it's not prior to 8am but it is prior to 8am well, tomorrow morning yeah. <laughs> well if you're listening to this before 8am sorry if you get caught by the police um yeah that that, 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 <laughs> that is a really weird one I, I don't get the stipulation about the doormat yes it's already outside so you're not taking outside but that is that's got to be the doormat. It's got to be the worst mat to shake. Or, or yeah, be, yeah. It? It's almost like what's the worst packet of crisps you could decide to open and eat in the <laughs> cinema, or like what's the worst food that you could eat in the cinema? And it's like the cinema saying all foods are too noisy apart from nachos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is one. It feels like it was started because of a complaint in a in an or a number of complaints. But it's like then all of a sudden they said. Oh, but we've got to allow doormats because doormats get absolutely filthy, and maybe that ha- constitutes a hazard because if somebody slips on a dirty floor mat or something, or, or do, do, you, do you know what I mean? There's some <laughs> weird thing that's happened, some case, and they said, "Yeah, no, we'll, we'll allow doormats." <laughs> uh, and what year did you say that came in? So that was in doormats was in 1839, but I think technically never repealed. Well, maybe we should. I actually think that that's one that Uber Butler did in a video where he turned around and tried to break 
British laws and he just stood outside Buckingham Palace shaking a doormat at like 7.45 and then the police were walking up to him like, what are you doing? And he was just like, I'm just shaking a doormat and they're like, but is this like a political thing or something? <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do about it? I'm shaking my yeah my little mat that I, I keep in my car. It stresses me out. I just don't think I can clean a rug anymore outside. <laughs> just to be yeah, just to be safe. Or it's all going to have to be beaten at 8.01. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that worse? Because then everyone doing it all at the same time. And then you're yeah, yeah. There, imagine you just the have noise. like a field of dust and yeah, and um, except 10 times worse. And what about if the clocks go forward and you forget? That's yeah, right yeah, way. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah if yeah. the clocks go forward, you know, and, and um, no, which way around would it be if the clocks go back? No, if the clocks go back and you haven't changed it, isn't it? Yeah, because you've got you've woken up thinking it's eight o'clock. You go out shaking your, your rug, but it's actually seven a.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden, you've got the police at your door ready to throw you in a cell. <laughs> so basically, what we're saying is, don't clean rugs or mats. Yeah, don't clean rugs or mats. What you have to Better do to is you safe. have to th- yeah throw them away and buy new ones. Is what you have to do if you this live is... uh, live in London. This is almost like gremlins, isn't it? Don't feed them. After midnight, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like someone said. It's it's midnight somewhere around every somewhere around the world, isn't it? <laughs> so give it, give us another one. Give us another one. Okay, this, uh, this again. This one's very strange, but evidently comes from a different time. Melipo- Metropolitan Streets Act of eighteen sixty seven, and it's illegal to drive any cattle through the streets during the specific hours of ten a.m. until seven p.m. unless somebody has had specific permission from the police commissioner. So basically, you cannot take your cow for a walk um, in the street between the hours of ten a.m. and seven p.m. But after seven p.m., perfectly fine. You can walk your cow. So you can after seven p.m. You can walk cattle in the street. Yeah, and then the law actually goes on to say. Any person in contravention of this section shall be liable to a penalty not exceeding 10 shillings for each head of cattle so driven or conducted. So 10 cattle, that's 100 shillings potentially as a fine. I'll tell you what, let me see what that would be in real world money today. And you can have a ramble (laughs) about this law. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm thinking now it's like, you know, we we keep saying, oh, truck drivers should be, you know, lorries should only people saying to stop traffic during the day trucks should be out on the you know between like 10 p.m and and like 10 a.m is that what we're saying as well because cows were so plentiful everyone had cows and cattle yeah you know, I saying, imagine right, so. they walked them but know. then did they not clog the streets up after 7 p.m i was thinking how many people had cattle though it all depends on how many people had the cattle <laughs> i found out so 10 shillings is about a pound but I imagine that oh, that's really? like okay. not adjusted for proper inflation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, it's probably like 160 quid. quid. So you're actually getting like a £16,000 fine for taking your... It's probably a you... Bitcoin. Yeah, it's yeah, Bitcoin yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is as well, why does that not extend to other barnyard animals? Why is that not pigs? Why is that not... I mean, people walk horses still, don't they? Yeah, well, I've seen... I know years ago in the town we lived in, somebody would walk a goat <laughs> they, they walked a goat and it was brilliant um so yeah what's the difference I, I mean i'm guessing cows do bigger messes than than goats and probably a bit more dangerous if they hit you but now it's all starting to make sense if you piece it together so maybe that's why you can't uh maybe beat the rugs outside after a certain time because you might attract the attention of cattle 
who might go for you. So that's why they're now saying <laughs> we're starting to, the story is starting to unfold. We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> but yeah. yeah the... and, and God, eight, sorry. 1800s, no, 1800s again, yeah? Yeah, that was again the 1800s. They were strict then, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Like, there was, but the thing is, as well, they were strict. But also, they made a law for everything that was so specific. It's almost like members of parliament literally turned around and said, "Those cattle are really clogging up the streets at this time when it's rush hour and everybody's on horse and cart. How about we just ban them from doing it?" And then every yeah, act was made to like fit a very specific set of circumstances that some, somebody had just experienced. But it makes you think. It does make you think. Then, like I said, how many cattle must have? been had and how many people would be walking them through the street and why would you be walking them through the streets <laughs> i mean is it is it like you're taking it for a walk like a dog i don't know i mean or, or is it like you're just trying to get it to the market or something it's... do you know what's mental about this though is the fact that like people in the uk in, like the 80s actually did have like lions and tigers and stuff as like pets right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they were like walking them in the road but cows apparently no no can't do cows can't do cows <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've got you know you hear the stories of like wild cats here big cats roaming the streets and stuff and it's yeah like, oh, yeah no, it's fine it's a hoax but yeah no <laughs> you can't have that cow sir yeah. <laughs> so what, i'm gonna i'm gonna reel off a couple at you okay one is a very quick one and i'm gonna do that first because i'm sure we've all been in this situation but apparently in scotland you must let anyone use your toilet if they ask you yeah, I've heard this. And can yeah. I just say, as somebody with bowel disease, how amazingly helpful would that be? I wasn't going to say anything because I, I know you've mentioned it before. But yeah, if you need the toilet, you can knock on someone's door in Scotland and ask to use their bathroom. And by law, they cannot deny you. <laughs> I mean, you would then never worry about having to go out, would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, I just knock on a door and I'd be like, I, I need to use your toilet. And then somebody would be like, but you can't just come into my app like but legally you have to and that is the thing and again i'm wondering why that would be a law i mean it's probably come from being helpful almost like a good samaritan to people yeah could you imagine that now someone knocking on your door say can i use your loo yeah, yeah, yeah you... come in come, I, yeah, yeah. I bet you 100% of burglaries in scotland happen when the person's in it's <laughs> 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 just a bloke walking up to your house in a balaclava he's like i need to use your loo and you're like are you sure and it's like yeah honest dead serious wait, wait. Oh, like, go on then <laughs> yeah how, how many cases started with well they asked to use the toilet because <laughs> <laughs> even here like shops even get a bit sniffy sometimes don't they if, if you ask them to they won't let you use the, the losing shop so in your own house I just find that amazing. But I don't know if the one in shops is more like of a liability thing because I think they don't yeah. want you like walking around the it back is, and like yeah. falling over. But it is true. I've had trouble sometimes in shops or, and stuff like that, which has obviously been like very awkward situations. I'm like, you don't understand the circumstances. Wish I was Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> or in Scotland. Yeah, or in Scotland. I mean, I get, yeah, no, actually, I get that. And I think there there probably is some truth to that. But then what if you got hurt? And I don't know the, the situation where you would do, but what if you got hurt in someone's house? Say they had a rake lying in the hallway. Right? <laughs> some marbles at the top of the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, say you walk into the McAllister household, right? I was and just, to... <laughs> oh my God, I was just about to say you walk into the Home Alone house. <laughs> and like a tin of paint comes, swings down as you open the toilet door. <laughs> Are you then liable? Again, I just thought that was not a funny one if you need it, but I found that a really odd one. And all I saw was that it was in Scotland. The one I thought you were going to mention when you mentioned a metropolitan 
Police Act was um, I've got <laughs> I've got Section Fifty Four of yeah, the I've Metropolitan Police Act specifies you are not allowed to carry a plank along a pavement in London unless unloading a vehicle. <laughs> but like again, it's like how far can you walk with it before it's not considered to be unloading? It also though, hold on, it, it, the ban extends to hoops, wheels, ladders, placards, and poles too. But it is only enforced within the Metropolitan Police District, excluding the City of London. But yeah, so what if you had to go to B and Q to finish off a little job in your garden, and you bought a plank and you're walking it home or to the shop? You can't do that. No, because confiscated and then you're out of a plank and you've got a fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so could you say you're technically you're unloading it from the store you bought it from? To the it's house. It's a long walk. Yeah, it's a long yeah, walk. Yeah. To... I mean, to be honest, I don't know how big that area is actually what the Metropolitan Police District is because it says it excludes City of London. I just, I just found it funny. As a workman as well, like what if you've just had to park the van down the road because there's double yellows everywhere? Like all yeah, of a sudden I, you're like, oh, well, I've got to walk it 100 metres. They're like, no, that's not unloading. That's carrying it to the van. Yeah, that's transporting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You're, you're you're two feet over the the allowed limit. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I think as well is funny about this one is this must have been brought in as, as a result of like uh, uh, like an endangerment to the public type thing. So I just want to know, back what, what year did you say it was? 1839 or something uh, no no i didn't get a year actually i just I, I just saw it says section 54 the metropolitan police act actually have i got it written down somewhere? oh yeah no i've got it 1839 so i just want to know prior to 1839 how many people were getting smacked in the head by dudes walking down the street with planks because that must have been what it was brought in to stop, surely. Like, there's a guy, so he gets called, and then he turns, and he just wallops, like, three pedestrians. It was all a Charlie Chaplin film back then. Yeah. <laughs> if we ever do, uh, if we had a time machine, what year would we go to? It might be never to choose the 1800s. Yeah, That's yeah. That's boring, man. That yeah. was boring. And as well, you had, like, it was, I don't know, like, like diseases and stuff were worse as well, on top of the fact that you get fined for everything. You probably get fined for having small cocks back then as well, for whatever reason. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not worried about the diseases, but you're telling me I can't carry a plank down the street <laughs> in the Metropolitan Police District. Deal. Deal breaker. Deal breaker. Well, in actual fact... The only reason I spoke about diseases then is because I had one which was actually about plague or smallpox. You're right. Okay. Okay. And the Public uh, Health Act. Topical, fairly, yeah. Yeah. Fairly okay. topical. The Public Health Act of 1936 states that it's a legal responsibility for cab drivers to ask their passengers if they have plague or smallpox. Yeah, that feels very specific, doesn't it? Like most people probably wouldn't ask that. You say, right, get in a taxi. Where, where are you going? Yeah, that's the thing, because I feel like now, if we were to apply it to modern day, really, it's not untoward, because like we were getting asked for COVID passes to go into places. So I guess at a time yeah. in 1930, I don't know if obviously plague wasn't around properly in 1936. I don't think. Were there cases of plague in 1936? I don't know. I, remember I, I don't think they're... so. Smallpox was... would have been about properly in that period. But I guess it's yeah. kind of just the equivalent of that, really. So that one doesn't seem, I feel like three years ago this one would have seemed ridiculous but now it's almost pretty reasonable yeah. and so it was illegal to ask if they've had it right not no 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 so it was a legal responsibility for the cab drivers just to ask their passengers if they had plague or smallpox oh right okay okay yeah because why a taxi driver well i don't know is it cross-contamination do you think 
potentially. Yeah, but so you could go into a shop. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah to be fair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the law, yeah, because when I saw it, it didn't say like it was illegal to go into a shop, a cinema, a concert, a huge gathering. It's just poor taxi drivers. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I feel like, again, it's just a very specific circumstance. So I feel like there would have been a case of smallpox which spread to a taxi driver. And then all of a sudden, Parliament went said, that's a really specific case that we need to write a law for. Yeah, like you said, a lot of these feel like they were very specific in nature, which is probably why nobody remembers them now or or we don't do, follow them. But the fact that some of these are saying they, they still do exist feels weird to me. Like, shouldn't we then disband this? I don't know how I don't know how the law works, but it feels like if something is still enshrined, or is there like a caveat, is it like a law only lasts a hundred years unless Yeah, I feel like technically it's all still in force like officially but i guess it's like practically whether or not laws are enforced so i think it's a case of stuff from like the 1800s in reality is so outdated there's just an assumption that it won't be enforced because it's so outdated but that doesn't stop technically someone arresting you like a police officer turning around and finding you for something it's like we talked about the doormat one like let's say that you actually did shake a doormat outside and a police officer walked up and said well that's actually illegal to do that you shouldn't be doing it like I'm either cautioning you, you or arresting you. <laughs> like, I think if I, yeah, if I was to be a policeman now, I think I'd want to swat up on all these laws because people must be breaking them all the time. And, and can you imagine that? You'd be that person. I, you know, you, you, you gain fame because you were the person that arrested someone walking a cow at five to seven. But do you know what it is as well? Like sometimes, like it, that situation actually wouldn't be bad because it would make Parliament change the law. So I remember like um, there was a particular case, I think the case was called Fisher v. Bell, and it was illegal to sell flick knives, I believe. I think that was what the law was because it was like an offensive weapon. So yeah. they were advertised in a shop and the shop owner was arrested because he had them advertised. But the judge found him not guilty because the wording of the legislation and the word offer meant that there needed to be an offer of a sum of money. And because he'd not been offered any money for the exchange of the flick knife, he legally didn't have it as an offer to sale, which means that he couldn't have been convicted under that act. And then Parliament came in and changed the act. So sometimes you need like a a really obnoxious rule break (laughs) to basically turn around and say, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to deal with this practically so someone does something about it. Similarly, I can't remember what the name of the case was, but it was to do with voting. So I remember it was a case where the um, a person had basically impersonated someone and basically used their name to vote, but the person that they used was dead. And I think the law was that it's an offence to impersonate like somebody for the purposes of voting. But with the way yeah. that the law was written, a person that was dead couldn't be impersonated. And so as a result, he couldn't be found guilty of stealing their identity and voting right, because okay. they were dead, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So again, yeah, yeah, Parliament yeah. comes in and then changes the law. So sometimes it's not a bad thing for these things to be taken really like practically because it just highlights like how like stupid where or it like loop tightening up. Yeah, yeah, where, basically. Yeah, where it needs tightening up. Well, I've got just two more that are linked to the UK and then my, the rest are kind of around the world. Have you got many more UK ones? I've got one more UK one, but I feel like this might actually be something that applies to the rest of the world. Um, but I know it's obviously specifically in the UK, um, although I don't know if this has expired yet. So this is technically that it's illegal to sing happy birthday as part of a public performance. 
and that's because the song Happy Birthday is copyrighted. It's weird that one because I yeah I am not sure if it's now I thought it was public domain now yeah but I, I know think it's it was technically domain. yeah but it was weird it was technically I think it was but basically everyone around the world sings it don't they yeah yeah it's true and I think as well that's why um do you ever have you ever been to T- TGI Friday you ever been in TGI Fridays when it's someone's birthday and they sing like a happy birthday song but it's not happy birthday to you oh really. And I think that's because the song was copyrighted and they couldn't sing it to that tune. Oh, okay. So the staff in the store made their own one up and that was what was used across all TGI Friday's (laughs) restaurants, which is brilliant, to be fair. You just know that the lawyers have come along with like a huge stack of paperwork and be like, you need to change what your staff sing to customers now. (laughs) I I love the fact that you can sing the song, just slightly change a tune and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'll, I'll quick fire mine because some of the, you know, we'll, we'll get it to around the world. I've got one linked in to kind of two that you've brought up, actually, in a way. Leading a cow while drunk has been illegal in the UK since 1872. <laughs> I did see um, that. <laughs> yeah, the license is a licensing act of, guess what kind of uh, century it came in? Oh, uh, from the 19th century. Well, yeah, 1872. Yeah, Hope yeah. Curtail the drink and misdemeanors plague in Britain. One part made it illegal to be drunk while in charge on any highway or other public place of carriage a horse cattle or cattle sorry it seems quaint now but it made a hell of a lot of sense back then cattle drovers move large herds of massive potentially dangerous cows many miles to market the last thing anyone need was a drunken idiot trying to lead their cows through a town um (laughs) although cows these days travel long distances by lorry it's still illegal to drink and and drove I like that drink and drove. <laughs> I love the fact because you could kill two birds with one stone by being drunk and walking them through the streets between the well, hours yeah. of 10 and 7. Oh, God, that, that's, that's a field day there. Um, and what, where was Whilst the carrying a plank one? of wood. I've got two more, sorry. Um, in the 16th century, all non-noble Englishmen over the age of six had to wear a flat cap on a Sunday. This was in 1571. A law was passed forcing all non-nobles to wear a wool cap on Sundays and holidays. Lawbreakers faced a three farthing fine this law was absurd even in its day parliament repealed it in 1597 however after 26 years people had grown rather fond of wearing woolen hats and thus the law gave birth to the flat cap (laughs) and the last one i had here this was one of those weird ones you know the, the weird ones you hear so it was in the early 15th century the city of chester banned welshmen from being there at night under the pain of decapitation (laughs) Uh, between 1400 and 1415 Wales got sick of being bullied and exploited by its noisy neighbour England and rebelled led by I'm not going to pronounce the name the Welsh were ultimately unsuccessful after a series of bloody battles for independence and in 1403 the Earl of Chester was so worried he passed a notorious anti-Welsh law he banished all Welsh sympathisers from Chester city near the welsh border worse still he banned all welshmen from chester between sundown and sunrise on pain of decapitation there is no evidence the city ever repealed the law so yeah so yeah okay so we've done the uk let's start going around the world let's let's bring the other countries into this okay so i've got france and this is a very specific place in france okay ring a bell no no. Okay. Specifically in a place, and apologies if I butcher the pronunciation, but I will try my best, in Chateauneuf-du-Papé. 
Actually, no, I think I have seen that somewhere, but go on, carry on. Okay, so this originated in 1954 after a local saw a deep sea, sorry, after a local saw deep sea divers coming from a cigar shaped spaceship. The mayor made a decree and stated that any aircraft known as flying saucer or flying cigar, which should land on the territory of the community, will be immediately held in custody. So basically, he was just like, ET, don't come here. <laughs> yeah that's what i saw it was basically made it illegal to land a flying saucer in the town wasn't yeah. it yeah so he basically he basically <laughs> alienated aliens <laughs> yeah I, I think that's brilliant I, I think that's brilliant i mean how many were were flying around then <laughs> yeah this is the thing I, got, I kind of like had scenes from like some sort of like mass effect like landing station or something. <laughs> I feel like that's that's what it was. I wonder if at any point that that decree was ever put into place and they did confiscate what they thought was a cigar-shaped flying saucer type thing. Do you think the aliens? Do you think the aliens ever said to each other, "Oh, you go in front there, no, don't don't go near shut enough." Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> also, they they make really nice wine there. So, so were they drunk when they made this law? They thought they saw flying saucers or, or UFO yeah. shape. They, yeah. they were just like utterly hammered and in actual fact it was just a traffic light going from red to green and they thought it was like a UFO. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, I saw yeah, criminalized the flying over landing and taking off of flying saucers. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? The bit I had added was the mayor's son dismissed the law as a publicity stunt, but the town refused to overturn the ban in twenty sixteen. So it's still <laughs> still still standing amazing amazing i mean that's the thing so now we don't well it's a whole debate are there or aren't there aliens right and and are there ufos or not but to have that means there are and it feels like a weird one now because we don't it's not like they happen all the time do you know what I mean? So, so what did you say? You said that it came from like a submarine or something, did you say? Yeah, so, so apparently the way that the law is presented is that a local saw deep sea divers coming from a cigar-shaped spaceship. Oh, a spaceship, sorry. Oh, I saw it. Yes. Maybe they had had a bit of wine. Yeah, I feel like in that instance, the person... And the fact is, as well, the fact that this law was just provoked by one person's testimony and all of a sudden aliens were banned. It's like... Yeah. It's like, I've seen an, I've seen a flying saucer. Okay, right, we're banning any flying saucers from this town. That, that, that'll do it. That, that'll learn them. Yeah. I, I do right. actually have one, which is a strange ban, but I actually kind of half agree with it. Well, where is that? Because I've got... I've got one in France. Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll so, stick with the France one. Yeah, let's do that. So I've got, and again, in this one, right, there was a specific website I got this from. I can't remember now, is it historycollection.com? But in this one, I saw they, they've used the wrong word, which does make me worry that the rest of them are, aren't probably real. But I don't care. Like I said at the start, the caveat is I, I believe they're real and I want to believe they're real because that makes them funny. But they, they used the wrong word here. They've just used the wrong word. So in France... Since the 19th century, it's been legal to marry a dead person. Well, that, yeah. But hold on. It sounds bad. They said it's not anywhere near as bad as it sounds, right? So basically, since the 19th century, marrying a corpse. And yeah, here they've said, this is where I said they've used the wrong word. They said necromancy, but I think that's that's magic, isn't it? I think it's called posthumous, posthumous marriage. I still can't say it. It's been legal in France. And what it 
does is basically it dates back to when being born out of wedlock was seen as a social taboo. So if your husband died in battle before you could, could get married and you were pregnant, they allowed this posthumous man- marriage to make your children legitimate. Oh, right. Okay. And the dead's consent is established by family members or, or an existing arrangement. The law took its specific current form in 1959 after a dam burst killing 423 people. And as recently as 2017, somebody has married his partner posthumously for that reason. So it, it's, it's a weird one. When you see it like that, you're thinking, wow. But this actually is probably one of the ones that actually makes sense. Of all the ones we said so far, doesn't it? It probably makes sense in a in a modern setting. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, that one's that one's probably one of the least ridiculous ones that we've seen, to be fair. But I don't know. What what I do find, I don't know if it's allowed anywhere else around the world though. That's the thing, because it, it does say in France. So it's it's an odd one there. Yeah, maybe it is just a very French thing. Yeah, again, it's like that 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 had the wow factor when I read it, but I, I kept it in because it is an interesting state. I mean, it's still a weird law in the sense of marrying a dead person but absolutely the reason for it is is yeah it's spot on isn't it yeah yeah the reason Um, is kind of like built from a good place obviously but the law in and of itself when you hear it like that as a tagline sounds ridiculous where in the world are you going now well i was going to go to singapore for something that i agreed with so this is um chewing gum being banned in singapore um and it still is banned in singapore and that's because prime minister Lee Kuan Yew thought it would lead to mischief making and like people putting chewing gum like in public places and that sort of thing. Apparently, pieces of chewing gum could get you fines of a thousand, um, the equivalent of a thousand dollars. In the second offense, two thousand dollars. And the third offense would force you into cleaning the streets whilst wearing a sign that says, You are a litterer. And I kind of get this one because it's about keeping streets clean because how many times do you walk down a yeah. high street and see like gum stuck to the floor or stuck to like like and benches and st- yeah all yeah, sorts of yeah. things and in reality I I'm kind of sympathetic of this one to be fair And do you know what the thing is I um this was quite a few years ago went went to Malaysia and Singapore and as you cross the border yeah we were warned do not bring if you check your your luggage do not bring chewing gum if you've got chewing gum just get rid of it now and i remember the stress people go through to make sure that they've got rid of their chewing gum but yeah it, it, it is a it is definitely um one that i've kind of seen um and and like you said i kind of agree with it because you know you see it on the pavement here and when it gets then trod in it just becomes these horrible marks you know that you get those splodges those circles over the pavements and stuff like that because it just gets worn in then and it, yeah. and it does make the place look untidy so yeah i, I kind of agree with that but yeah, I, I think that that would be one that would probably do a lot of places a world of good, to be fair. And I can understand why it came about. Have you seen over here, when I say over here in England, at least, they've started for a while. They And they've done it with cigarettes as well for the cigarette butts. But they put on like lampposts. They put a, um, they did like a question, who do you think is better, A or B, and stick your gum here. So instead of chucking it on the floor, they encourage you to stick it on the board under yeah, the answer yeah. you give. And so then they just ripped that paper down or whatever, chucked it, and then put a new one up. Yeah, because I've seen that with like cigarette butts where they'll do like a poll and it will give you a question yeah. and you put your cigarette butt into the poll, like answer that you want to give, basically. Which I think is brilliant because you're saying, right, we need to stop this. So rather than them chucking it on the floor, let's give them somewhere antisocial to stick it, but under a, under a formal 
like a, a, a an approved way of sticking it on a lamppost or something or anything yeah, yeah. public. It needs to be disposed of in an official gum dispenser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any Singapore, but I've got two in Italy. Okay, yeah, I think I immediately know where you're going to go with one of them in Italy, so go on. Okay, have you got one or in Italy? or? Yeah, I've so I've got one and I think it was from Milan. Okay, so I'll do the other one then, all right, because I think, so I've got one from Turin yeah. in Italy. So it's illegal to not walk your dog at least three times a day in Turin. And again, <laughs> I kind of like this one. Yeah, I agree, because in reality, it's actually promoting something that's really good and things that you should be doing anyway. Exactly, yeah. So dog owners in Turin, Italy will be fined up to 500 euros if they don't walk their pets at least three times a day under a new law from the council. Um, Italy considers itself an animal-loving nation. In many cities, stray cats are protected by law. And to enforce the law, Turin police would rely on the help of tipsters spotting cruel treatment by neighbours. Um, Turin has the most stringent animal protection rules in the country. They even ban fairgrounds from giving away goldfish and bags, which I can't believe still happens as well. Well, funnily enough, leading on to that one, I can't remember if it's nationwide in Italy, but I know that it's definitely in some place illegal to keep a lone goldfish by itself in a bowl in Italy. And the only exemption to the rule is if there's more than one. Yeah, there's also a similar one in Switzerland, I think, with guinea pigs. Yeah. Apparently guinea pigs are very social creatures. So you, you have to have at least two guinea pigs in Switzerland, I think it was. Go about this one. Yeah, I love this one. I mean, I think there should be more things specifically about animals. Why not? Because it, it also helps you out, right? To make sure you get your three walks a day. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So I think it makes people fitter. It stops animal abuse. There's all positives all round. And at the end of the day as well, I mean, in reality, it wouldn't be like, to me, like in terms of like dogs, especially like it's strange that we don't have like countries that are properly like licensing the right to have a dog, if that makes sense, a bit like a driving yeah. license, because it's true. You know, you don't know if somebody's going to have the ability to turn around and take care of a, an animal in the way that it should be taken care of. I mean, I'm sure there are rules or sorry, rules. I'm sure there are laws about animals. But yeah, it's nice to know that some countries have specific laws about animals. Yeah, let's hear your Milan one. So. This dates back to the <laughs> Austro-Hungarian times, and it's a law that was kind of never repealed. So I guess it's one of those ones that probably isn't in force anymore. Um, so this is, it's a legal requirement to smile at all times in Milan. And there's exemptions. So I was in Milan not very long ago. I was going to say, and you're you're the grumpy one here, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I, I should have been fined about six thousand euros at that point. Um, actually, I shouldn't admit that, really, should I? We get a letter in the post from the Italian government yeah, finding me yeah, now. Um, search the CCTV. Yeah. The exemptions include. Sorry, it's not funny because it's terrible. It's like, I, funeral I get what goers, you mean, right? yeah. hospital workers, or those at the bedside of an ill family member. But you know what's well funny for me is that, like, as the moment that the funeral ends, you need to smile again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk <laughs> out the door and you've got to smile. You know, or like you're at the bedside of an ill family member, but the moment that they pass on, they're no longer ill, so you need to smile. The heart is in the right place on this one. We want to promote people being happy and looking happy. But it doesn't quite work. You, you know, you've just come out of a dreadful... Or imagine your team have just been drubbed 6-0 by their bitter rivals. You've got to smile. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. 8-0, oh, we've been relegated. The team's probably going to fold now. Or, you know, 
I, I'm going to have to support like a bit of rival. Yeah. What else? What's, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Imagine that all of the Inter Milan fans being forced to smile in Milan when they were watching AC <laughs> run and walk around they, with the title. When they win. <laughs> oh, my word. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I, again, it's, it's one that the heart is in the right place, but in reality, I mean, I wonder at the time if these were really enforced. I mean, they must have done, right? Because that's why you bring a law in, right? Yeah, I feel like at some point it must have been, or it should have, like, maybe it was, like, used to, like, bolster morale amongst, like, citizens and that sort of thing. Do you reckon it would go down well in London? Yeah, well, now I think, isn't it, it's illegal to smile at strangers in London, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Or or best off avoided. I tell you what, can I give you one more Italian one then? Oh, yeah, yeah, because I don't have one. Go on. Okay. Okay, so there's a place, um, it's a town near Venice, and I've again, I don't want to butcher the pronunciation, but Eraclea? Okay. I think. Um, and this is a €250 Euro fine um, was implemented for building sandcastles at the beach. Oh, what, what a spoil sport. Like, utter killjoys. I swear to God, whatever it is, I'm, I'm sorry, but whoever the tourist board at Eraclea near Venice, never going to there, no, never going there ever. Never doing it. What if I built a sand house or a sand car? Yeah, exactly. A sand car. What are they going to do then? Yeah, 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 off you go. Yeah, there must be a reason. They want it maybe to the beach. They want it to look as pristine and and nice as possible. But yeah, it does feel a bit humbug, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't like it. Can't get on board with that one. Not like the gum one. Yeah, I've got a couple more European ones. I've got an Austrian one and a Swedish one. Have you got any others from Europe? I don't think Europe. I've got a couple from outside of, which are pretty relative. Sorry, not not Austria. I can't read. It's Australia. All right, let's do let's do the other one I've got then in Europe. It's because um, again, it's another one that sounds bizarre. Now it's um, Danish people are entitled to club a Swedish person over the head with a stick if they cross the frozen sea between the two countries. <laughs> That is some Game of Thrones shit, like <laughs> yeah. sounding stuff in it. Yes, yes, it was. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Apparently, during the Dano-Swedish War of 1657-58, Sweden invaded Denmark in a most unusual manner. Uh, King Charles Gustav of Sweden planned to cross the, the strait by boat when waters were calm. However, in late January of, of 1658, it froze solid and he simply marched his army across this took the Danes entirely by surprise that they weren't expecting an attack until spring. Denmark panicked and signed a treaty of Roskilde, which yielded disputed territory to Sweden amongst other unfavourable conditions. And ever since, it's been legal for a Dane to club a Swede marching across that frozen strait. <laughs> so. Amazing. Amazing. I wonder if there's any like really angry... Uh, sorry, is it the Swedes that are clubbing the Danes? Sorry, or the Danes that are clubbing the Swedes? The Danes clubbing the Swedes? Danes are entitled to club a Swede. Yeah, I wonder if there's any just really aggressive Danes that just wait when it gets really cold and they're just <laughs> like, I'm waiting for the first Swedish person to step foot on that lake. <laughs> or do you think, or, or like there's pranksters in the Swedish side when it freezes over, said, I, I dare you to walk across it. I bet you can't. <laughs> you know, not knowing this true. <laughs> and call their mate up in Denmark. Oi, someone's coming across now. <laughs> Or, or what I'd do is I'd turn around and get like cardboard cutouts of people and put them on the frozen lake. So all of the Danes turned around and were <laughs> yes. just like, there's people crossing our river. Slide them across. <laughs> yeah, slide them across. Yeah. <laughs> and what if Amazing. you walked up to the shore and then turned around? Yeah, you know, yeah. Easter, like, but yeah. the thing is, like, yeah. are the Swedes allowed to fight back? Like, whilst it's an entitlement for the Danes to club the Swedes, 
one would imagine that they surely would have well, the right to Well, it doesn't look like do they've just... created anything. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like they've created anything. I reckon so, the Swedes no. should write into law, you have the ability to retaliate by clubbing a Dane who is clubbing you for crossing <laughs> frozen But it water. doesn't say anything about Danes crossing to Sweden. There, oh, there's no right. Rule, so maybe they just way. don't do that. Yeah, mm. yeah, it is one way. It is one way. Well, I'm, I'm just looking at the time as well. We, 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 we do brilliantly at staying under an hour, don't we? I know. Let, let's, let's go for it. What have you got next? I've got a couple in Australia as well. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go to Samoa and then I'm going to skip to Japan. Okay, I've seen one for Samoa, but I haven't seen one for Japan. So let's hear okay, it. Okay, so in Samoa, it's illegal to forget. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to say, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not taking credit for this this gag, right? Because it was hilarious. I saw it in the comment of a YouTube video in the research oh, right, that I was yeah. doing for this this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And they talked about this 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 law. So the law is, in Samoa, it's illegal to forget your wife's birthday. And then the top yeah. comment on the video was, how are we supposed to have enough room in all the prisons for half of the population of Earth? <laughs> <laughs> and i just thought yeah Brilliant. you know what and again i don't think there's any like strict rule on what what the punishment is for this but it's just illegal to forget your wife's birthday which is brilliant, isn't it? I think the punishment comes from forgetting the birthday. I think that, that's, yeah, that's, that's probably true. Punishment to be fair. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saw that. That's brilliant. And again, it's a fun-sounding one. You know, to have a law about that. Yeah, a little that, bit that, that's that's mind-boggling, isn't it? That's a mind-boggling bit of that. Uh, <laughs> and then skipping to Japan, and this was in 2009. So bear in mind how recent this was, because it's only what 13 years ago. Japanese yeah. lawmakers set a maximum waistline limit of 33.5 inches for men and 35 inches for women because it's illegal to be clinically obese in Japan. Wow. Can I Is just that say, still a law? Is that still a law? Can I just say I would be illegal in Japan? Well, I was saying I really want to go there. So um, <laughs> not not yet. Not yet. <laughs> it's like going to be doing like a Beyonce grapefruit diet before your trip to Japan. I wonder if they measure you when you get to the airport. They're like, no, prison, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They probably have a door. If it, can you fit through this door? It's, yeah, yeah. It's like, did we mention? I think you mentioned it in, in the food thing, where there, there isn't there a place where, or maybe we didn't, and I've just seen it. There is a place, and it must be Japan, then, where you can fit through certain barriers, which are like your waist size, and you get a discount depending on how small a gap you can get through. Yeah, I have seen you that. Get a and discount like, on yeah, the milk. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd just like to say my discount wouldn't be, wouldn't be very much. <laughs> it wouldn't be very much at all. Yeah, but that just shows we enjoy our food. Um, yeah, this is true. This is true. Right, I'll do... I'm assuming you, the rest of yours are probably going to be America, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a few American ones. Um, What's some... that one? Can I... Well, go on, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, you go for it first with the Americans. Well, let me do... No, no, I was going to do two quick Australian ones. We'll, we'll do those quick because um, they are funny. Um one is it was illegal to change a light bulb unless you're a licensed electrician in Victoria, Australia. Oh, right. <laughs> and that was actually, well, this was Victorian law. Changing a, a light bulb without valid license was against the law. It bought a fine of 10 Australian dollars. However, a revision in to the 1998 Electrical Safety Act updated this law. A, a, a spokeswoman said, while the Electricity Safety Act makes it illegal to do your own electrical work if you're not licensed, changing a light bulb and removing a plug from a socket were specifically exempted from this requirement. Removing a plug from a socket, that was illegal as well. <laughs> it's not removing the socket, it's removing the plug from it. Um, Electricity must one. have been making a <laughs> bomb. <laughs> yeah. How do I get qualified? Yeah. Um, and the other one I got was in Western Australia, it's still illegal to possess more than 50 kilogram of potatoes. 
<laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. So, uh, apparently, that's since 1946 has been illegal to own uh, more than 50 kilograms of spuds. Yeah. I think it, it started because of the war. I think it was like the, the food scarcity, etc. But the fact it still is, and who, like normal household, would have 50 ki- kilograms of potatoes? I don't know. But anyway, over to you. Let's hear some more. Um, I had a very, very specific one. Um, and this one I thought was funny because of the nature of how specific it was. So this is Utah Criminal Code. Right, yeah. Um, and this is really specific about the substances that you shouldn't fling at people. So <laughs> saliva, blood, urine, or fecal matter, specifically named fecal matter. So basically in Utah, it's just definitely illegal specifically to throw shit at someone. Which feels like it should be illegal in most places, right? I just feel like, what, what? can you not just like like sum that all up to like bodily fluids and or bodily materials? Well, like, it shouldn't you... have to be a law either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Very, very well, strange. Well, one. actually, I did want to say this, that the fact that over half our audience are American. Hi, and let us know if, if you live in any of these areas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, what else have you got? Okay, so I've got one which came from 1924, and this is in Arizona. So this is, it's against the law to have a sleeping donkey in your bathtub after 7pm. And did you did you see this one? Was that, no, was that Hangover 4? Yeah, I know. Genuinely amazing. And I wonder if anybody specifically that owns a donkey has gone out to break this law just to have broken the law and for no one to have found out about it. But, but the apparently... illegality, is it sleeping in your bathtub? Yeah, so, so it so could be awake. a sleeping donkey in your bathtub. Yeah, I, well, I don't know because it says sleeping donkey specifically. Um, and the reason for this was because a merchant allowed his donkey to sleep in a bathtub and the town flooded. The donkey was washed a mile down the valley um, and the locals spent loads of time and manpower saving the animal. So the law was passed shortly afterwards. Blimey. Okay. So make sure it's not asleep. Yeah. Because then it wouldn't have flown a half a mile down the valley, I imagine. Give us another one. Um, I've got one about beards in Indiana. Okay. So, a law that can, a law moustaches are illegal if the bearer has a tendency to habitually kiss other humans, and that's how it's worded as well. Habitually like, what, kiss. Like, but again, like habitually, like what, what, what is like how, like what is habitually kiss other people? Like, is that once every six months? Is that once every six minutes? I don't know. So let, let me let me fling a couple past you. I've got one here for Florida. Okay. Florida loves the crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, so here, here you go. And I know we've got listeners, and, and I know we've got a friend of the show who, who lives in Florida. So if, if they're listening, it is illegal to pass wind in a public place after 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Yeah, I saw this one as well, actually. Like, that is absolutely hilarious so do you remember i said right at the start if if you can remember then i said there's one that i'm sure most people in that state will have broken it's, it's got to be this one so it's um it's a long since forgotten law is that it's illegal to pass wind in florida after 6 p.m on a thursday it's never really been enforced but it was and it was probably written in the 1800s again um it's not clear why this ever became a law or, or rumored law in the first place but so many things there 6 p.m. Why? Thursday? Why? And how are you going to stop yourself? Yeah, yeah. This is the thing. And again, like, how was it ever enforced to begin with? 
So this is the thing. We, we've got to go on the basis that all of these laws were brought in because they needed to be enforced at some point. Like, how close did you need to get to a person? Somebody's turning around and sitting there, <laughs> yeah. bursting yeah. for a fight. They're like, please be silent, please be silent, please be silent. And they're like, oh, shit. And then they get your fine. Well, in a public place. So you're, you're, you're fine in your house. <laughs> one other one. You know that classic, the age-old question, why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to get you a- arrested in Quitman, Georgia, that's why. Because <laughs> apparently in Quitman, Georgia, it's illegal to let your chickens cross the road. There <laughs> um, you go. Do you, know what it, do you know what it is right as well? Is I can imagine that most of the ones in the States probably haven't been repealed and all still exist. Because yeah. there are a list of like American laws that are absolutely hilarious. So if you want me to run through a couple of them, I'm going to and we'll just do like a quick... Um, like loop yeah let's just run through them. these yeah let, let's just run through these because i've got a couple more we'll see I, i'm sure we duplicate but let, let's just hear them and yeah give a rating okay so this is minnesota nobody is to cross state lines with a duck atop their head <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's brilliant yeah yeah i, th- I, think, that, I think ludicrous but brilliant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um missouri is prohibited to frighten a baby yeah okay all right ludicrous and taking away a lot of fun from people yeah, exactly. Because, you know, like, you, you, yeah, this, this is the thing. And then there's another Arkansas dogs are to not bark after 6 p.m. Like, how do you how do you stop him? What do you do? Do you tie them up after six? Maybe maybe that's why you're not allowed to fart after 6 p.m. in Florida. To set the door. <laughs> Actually, I've got one from Minnesota because Minnesota loves a, a, a fun law. So can I give you my Minnesota one before you yeah, carry go on? on, then. Go um, on then. Chasing greased pigs in public became illegal in Minnesota in 1971. 1971 <laughs> is so late for that to come into law like that's so late and such an obnoxious law as well because how many greased pigs were just running through at that point or was it still legal for greased pigs to go but just not to chase them well just very quickly they say yeah it's illegal to have any involvement in events where pig greased or do have otherwise is released wherein the object is a capture so i think it comes from they're saying chasing the pig is cruel to the animal um, and it's also dangerous for the competitors but it's like like you said yeah it was 1971 uh, but they're saying since it's the law's passing, numerous breaches have occurred and it's rarely enforced. So, yeah, <laughs> just beware in Minnesota. <laughs> do you have oh, Do you have any God. more? Right, I actually do. Bear with me two seconds. Right, so sorry, I was just finding it. This one's from Maine, and I feel like it causes a whole bunch of issues now. Maine, nobody is to step out of a plane mid-flight. So do all skydivers get arrested when they hit the ground? I just think that's brilliant because to step out of a plane mid-flight, you've got to go some to open those doors, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. There's another one which is again very Tennessee. It's pretty. It's prohibited to catch a fish using a lasso. <laughs> is that a piece of string? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know like a cowboy lasso? I mean, I don't know if whether or not that was because it's difficult or because harpooning it would be more like humane, I guess. Absolutely the lasso. Crazy. How, how would you catch a fish with a lasso? Because it hit the water, and then wouldn't it just float? <laughs> yeah, this is what I mean. So I just don't. Either you're a really, really skilled cowboy, um, or, or yeah, you're like superhuman or something. Because I don't understand. Again, like, was there just a bloke sitting there with the lasso, smacking water for like twenty four hours trying to catch fish, and he was just like being public nuisance? Because I imagine that that's how that came about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, I've got in North Carolina, it's illegal to sing off key. So yeah, basically, fair enough. that's not ludicrous. That should yeah, be yeah. I feel like we should have implemented that <laughs> because the X factor would have been a lot easier for all those years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This one is a practical one because it is still actually enforced properly. 
um, in lots of American states. So it's not just Oregon, but drivers can't pump their own petrol. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah. apparently that was made to like stop like incidences at, fire, uh, at petrol stations where like there was lots of like fires or like mishaps with like equipment and that sort of thing. So I kind of half get it. But how many times do you see a British petrol station blow up because somebody's like accidentally decided to light the petrol but pump it, on fire or this something? This is a thing. I think I, I'm sure I remember it happening in Italy years ago when we used to go. I'm sure I did. But I don't ever remember it being a thing over here. Yeah, no. If it was, no. it was probably like years and years ago. Now I know the joke about me being old, but I, I don't remember ever seeing that happen over here. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's an interesting one. Um, and I'll give you three more. Go on. So no camels are allowed on highways, and that's in Nevada. As if a, a camel's <laughs> native to Nevada. Like I don't think camels are in the states, are they? Unless they're in zoos. Yeah, and so they can go along the the side roads, just not the the highway. Yeah, so they can use sidewalk but not highways, which, again, is very, very strange. Um, Nebraska, and this is a specific place in Nebraska, Lehigh, Lehigh, um, and that's that donut holes are not to be sold, which I just don't get in it. No, donut holes. The holes. You you can sell the donut but not the hole from the middle. Um, I don't know if that's a fraud thing because selling a donut hole is air or whether or not it's just a round bit of dough. Um, Yeah, that's terribly wasteful. And are they saying you're then selling waste or something, something that you're chucking away from an item? I wonder if it's. Oh yeah, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon you're selling discarded, true. even though it's perfectly good. You're selling discarded material. Yeah, yeah, basically. Where was that? Sorry, where did you say that was? The donut holes one was in Nebraska, in a place called either Nebraska. Lehigh or Lehigh. And then <laughs> this one's again amazing because it's just so specific. But obviously, people in America did own lines like they did here. And this is in Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, it's not permitted to take lions to the movies. Why can't they watch Top Gun? Yeah, why? Why can't <laughs> they watch The Lion King? Yeah, like yeah. I- I'm also thinking that that's full of things. I mean, you've got to have it in your car, or you're walking it down the street. There's probably other laws that could stop. You get into that point. <laughs> yeah, this is what I mean. So again, it's like such a specific set of circumstances that somebody must have just turned up to a movie theater with a lion, and then the store manager <laughs> was just like, "Well, it's not illegal. I guess you can do that here, but oh, I've got a bit of a problem with it." <laughs> oh god, was that your last one? That was my last one. <laughs> I've, I've actually got one more. I want to go back to UK, and I need to be careful because I wouldn't say it reminds me of you. Now I've got to be careful because when I say what it is, there's a reason why it reminds you of you, right? <laughs> no, this sounds bad. It's illegal to stare at naked mannequins, right? <laughs> now, I'm not going to say you do that, but what it, what it is, so one of the oddest laws known to have existed in the UK is it illegal for any boy under the age of 10 to see a naked mannequin. Uh, the Law Commission Statute Law Repeals Team said this was cited as a law by a law firm in Swansea in 20, 2006, but we have no evidence. We found no evidence. Now, what I say, the reason I say about you, it reminded me years and years ago when you were a kid, we went to... Um, Blackpool, I think it was, and there's a place called Ripley's, believe it or not. Yeah. And it was full of like optical illusions. And one of the things was there was a mannequin. It was a beach beach scene. And as you walked around, there was a couple of people and like a mannequin of I think it was like a, a woman. And she from behind it looked like she was topless. But when you walk round, it was a trick with a mirror. There was nothing there. It was like a wall. 
Oh, right. Okay. And I remember you as a kid, you couldn't get your head around that. You you were trying to find the front, the rest of the beach. So you were walking <laughs> backwards and forwards between this beach scene and then the wall and you couldn't work out. Obviously, you, you know, you must have been probably like four or so, something like that. <laughs> but that's why. So I'm not saying you go around staring at naked mannequins. I'm just saying that's it reminded me of that particular instance of you. Um, if anybody's listening to this, could you please clip where he said this reminds me of you and then says it's illegal to look at naked mannequins? Like, could somebody <laughs> just clip that like 20 second clip? because that's that's how it would happen <laughs> i'll give that to you i'll clip it and put it out as a trailer we we need to start an, an account up which is just no context casting views and it's just like <laughs> yeah. statements to, just taking out a podcast that we post with just no description whatsoever <laughs> right well i think that's quite a good good return episode it's felt good B- bizarre if you've been found guilty of any of these laws please let us know um, you could contact us at castingviewspod at gmail.com or at castingviews I think that's right that's our Twitter handle isn't it at castingviews <laughs> and you can use those to get if you want to be on the show if you want to just say hello or you want to suggest a topic yeah do do get in touch we'd love it if you'd leave a review sort of on Good Pods app or anywhere you know we, we like to hear from you and before I go Lou I want to introduce a new feature and it's going to be called Before We Go and we'll need a funky tune for it or something. So we'll have to sing it until we do. So I don't know, it's something like, before we go. That's what you have to do next week when you host, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll probably put out a tweet, sort of anything from other podcasts to to record something for us. But I'm thinking it could be a funny story we've seen in the week, something that's happened or an interesting fact. And I'm going to start us off with an interesting fact that there's enough gold inside Earth to coat the planet. And it turns out that um, 99% of the precious metal can be found in the Earth's core. And Discover Magazine reports that there's enough gold to coat the entire surface of the Earth in one and a half feet of gold. That's a lot of gold. It's a lot of gold. So, yeah, that's the uh, the christening of our Before We Go feature segment. <laughs> As I said, give us a tweet, give us an email to say hi. And we will see you next week. So there's only one thing left to say. So we know there's a lot of podcasts from which you can choose. So we thank you for listening to Casting Views. 